1: Babies grow up fast these days and hard as it is to believe it won't be long before your child is crawling off in search of the nearest device. Welcome to Are We There Yet? I'm Katie Gossett, and this is a parenting podcast. And in today's episode, we look at one of the new issues we're all grappling with. We've made big mistakes with screen time, so it's an issue for us. The internet's a big one.
0: We definitely limit it.
1: And as it turns out, concerns about screens are nothing new. <laughs> Inside 82. This week, video games. Are the aliens already here? So yes, back in 1982, the aliens had indeed landed in New Zealand in the form of space invaders. And just like the internet today, the games had their detractors and supporters.
2: This generation of kids who are playing space invaders are growing up with a different view of these machines and electronics. In America now, many homes are just not complete without their own personalised computer that the kids just automatically learn how to run from the time they're four years old.
1: So, sounds familiar. We've tackled technology before. So, should we be so concerned about it now?
0: Let's check in with our clinical psychologist, Catherine Gallagher. People are going to have some very strong opinions about this, so I'm happy for people to have strong opinions. I think, in my experience, screen time isn't good or bad. You know, it's about the balance. Where it becomes a problem is when it starts getting in the way of other important functions. Such as sleeping, such as, you know, interacting, such as family time, such as actually building that child's capacity to self-regulate so they actually know how to entertain themselves. Because I think one of the challenges I see often with kids is they get bored really easily and kind of look to parents or or look to um, screens to kind of entertain them. And I think that capacity to actually just be okay in your own skin and entertain yourself and tolerate that boredom is something that is potentially becoming more difficult. So what kind of entertainment are our
1: children finding online? One of them, she watches really dark things, gory stuff, but I
2: don't really worry too much about that because I like those things too, they're kind of cool. But um, not gory, not really gory, like, you know, not bad gory. And the other one is just one direction. That's part of what's scary about being a a new parent you kind of see people with older children that are dealing with pornography how the hell am I going to deal with that?
0: My younger kid he's probably the one that I worry about more and he's also much more influenced by other kids and what they're doing like showing how to access a porn site and he wasn't interested in it but you know, other kids were showing him and so he thought that that's what you had to do so
1: how did you deal with that situation? <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> well, he was hideously embarrassed. and We just dealt with it like we deal with everything else, basically front up, just calmly, and and we explained what we thought about porn and why, and also that was it really something that he was
2: really wanting to see at his age. I do homestay, and there was a girl we had here, and she was on this... Like dating thing and she had boys coming to the gate that was a worry that she'd got onto that everyone's on it she says.
1: And it's not just what they're watching but how long they're spending on their screens.
0: They read they do other things but it's almost like they want to get back to the PS4 or the, the gaming. If we left them to their own devices they would probably spend all day every day on it.
2: We stop at like 9 o'clock. They can have it after school when they come home but no phones at the table, ever. And how many hours a day?
1: I they on about three
2: or four. I Anything mean, longer than that I think is pretty antisocial.
1: And for some parents, the solution has been to turn off the technology altogether. Probably about a year we've had no television for the kids.
2: Uh, I mean, they'll watch... You know, when they go to their grandparents and watch, they binge actually on TV to make up for the TV they don't get at our place.
0: They can turn on the TV themselves, so I actually just completely unplug it. So it was very challenging probably at the start. He'd be like, I want TV or I want the iPad or whatever. But um, I would just make sure that I was there to be able to interact with them and play with them Distraction techniques.
1: But those with older kids say it really is about monitoring what they're up
2: to. I see what they're doing on Facebook. We share a lot of the same stuff which is like dancing and funny comedy things and stuff like that so I know that they're not into anything really bad so that's good. Got to keep an eye on it because I mean, I don't know there's some some kids out there that are into really weird stuff.
0: Well the invaders,
2: they move from side to side and You've got to
1: hit them in lines to, to beat them and you can play this for hours too. So as with the Spacey's player back in 1982, one hour quickly becomes two or three, how long should children be gazing at a screen? Well, ironically, I googled this question. <laughs> Because I didn't know.
0: And, you know,
1: got some really good information. So back to our clinical psychologist, Catherine Gallagher, ironically,
0: as she puts it, using a screen to glean some statistics. The American Academy of Pediatrics, they had some findings around, you know, under 18 months, apparently none. Between two and five, one hour a day. And um, between six and 18, up to two hours a day. So I read that and automatically thought, oh, my God, my children are going to be, you know, disadvantaged because they've certainly had more than that. Um, which, again, is a really good example of how these guidelines can be really helpful and instructive, but they can also be a double-edged sword because then we can think, are we doing harm if we're not following them?
1: So they promote guilt? They, well, yes, absolutely.
0: But if your child is spending more
1: time online than that or is reluctant to give the device up, then don't assume the worst.
0: If your child is someone who loves it, then that's okay, you know, because technology can also be really fun, it can be a focus of attention, but if they're one of those kids who really overreacts when you try to get them off it, don't panic, <laughs> because in actual fact it's not very much fun to stop having fun, and I think most adults could agree with that, that you know, when we're having a really great time and someone says stop that now, we don't typically go, okay.
1: But at some point, your child is going to need to come off the device. And that's when some strategies
0: can come in handy. The challenge for those parents and those kids is, okay, if you love it, how do we then help you manage getting on it and getting off it? If you can look at it as a way of teaching them frustration tolerance. So, you know, with those kids, it would be really important to have clear boundaries around the amount of time they were allowed on technology. Really important to say... It's coming off to your finishing time. Um, If you can handle it well, then you're going to be able to get your access to it tomorrow. If you actually kick up, then the amount of time it takes you to get off is going to be the amount of time you lose off your technology. So it's, again, rather than just crossing your fingers and hoping they'll cope with it well, it's going into it in a planned way. Um, So, again, the child might not believe you the first time and might kick off for quite a long period of time. But then the next time they go to use their device and they've got it for five minutes, they start to pick up on the fact that, oh, That thing that happened yesterday, actually it's biting me on the bum now.
1: And it doesn't hurt to consider
0: how much time we're spending online as parents. That's an interesting thing of modelling, where you've got each of the family members all on their devices and then you've got the parent remembering, oh that's right, you know, your children are only supposed to have two hours a day, get off! While at the same time I'm on the computer looking at Facebook or or doing my work or doing whatever. So you can have those inconsistencies that can make, I suppose, laying these things down more challenging. We present Fun, Fear and Fantasy. Back in
1: 1979, it was TV that kids couldn't tear themselves away from.
0: What do you think would happen to young people if they watch television all the time?
1: I think that later on they'll, they won't go out much and have a good time, kind of be watching kids' programmes and just be glued to the television. It's awful, really.
0: What do you think it does to their brains?
1: I'm not sure. It kind of um, de-brains them. So this documentary was concerned about video games and things like Starsky and Hutch, whereas today the online options are endless. But
0: either way, then or now, the main thing is to keep tabs on it. I think it is important to establish rules or expectations early on that you're part of their online world that you do hold passwords, that you are able to peruse or check the things that they are putting online, histories and those sorts of things. Now, and I probably shouldn't admit this on the radio because my children are probably listening, but um, I've probably convinced my children that I know far more about technology than I actually do. Because mum's the person who knows if they've got the hand in the biscuit jar down the other end of the house, mum will go, what are you doing? So the fact that I might say, look, if you do anything online, I'm going to know about it, especially my younger child... <laughs> He probably kind of believes, which is quite a handy thing to continue to, to foster. But I think the onus is on, is on us as parents to become Ofei and to, to look up NetSafe and, and to, to, to be aware of the technology that our
1: kids are accessing. And at the same time, as hard as it might be, we need to keep having difficult conversations with our children about the kind of issues that might turn up online.
0: I work in the area of sexual violence and hear information about pornography or, or, or other things that go on. and. And I'm sure my children dread the fact that I'll come home and just say, oh, you know, learned about this today. And and I have these drop-and-run conversations where I'll just kind of pose something and wonder out loud about it and, I suppose, create an opening. And they're busy groaning and going, oh, Mum, sure, shut up. But the information was put out there. The conversation was allowed to kind of get started. Now, if I sat down with a cup of tea and said, right, let's talk about pornography, they'd go, what? (laughs) So I think often, again being brave as parents to kind of drop and run, to, to, to listen for examples. I mean, I've had some great conversations with my kids again in this drop and run kind of fashion where someone else has made a mistake or there's been a situation they might have heard about at school where, you know, there was some pics sent on or whatever and you kind of go, oh, OK, so how do you think they got into that situation? And, you know, so it's, it's using things as you hear them and, and provoking a conversation. And again, it doesn't have to be a two-hour, you know, intense heart-to-heart but you're just letting your kids know that you know some of this stuff and you're open to have a conversation about it if they need to.
1: And that's us for today. Are We There Yet? is presented and produced by me, Katie Gossett, and Adam McCauley assists with musical production. Our executive producer is Tim Watkin, and Archival Audio comes courtesy of Ngā Sound and Vision and Archives New Zealand. If there's an issue you'd like me to look at you can email me at are we there yet or one word at @radionz.co.nz and in our next episode we'll be discussing cutting a serious issue affecting a number of young people.